Okay, praise God. I want to pray for us, and then I'm going to just share. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, God, for your word that is powerful. And so, Lord, right now we pray for every heart, every mind, every one of us. Lord, that you would speak to us, God. That it would not just be a man that speaks, but it would be your Holy Spirit that speaks to us. Father, we ask, Lord, that you will draw us closer to you. Lord, draw us into the Spirit. Awaken our spiritual senses. God, so we can live life to the full. Not waste a day. Not waste a week. But investing our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So a few weeks ago, the basically the... I gave an answer for how not to waste your life. And I said, no excuses, no fear, be faithful. Okay, so you can get that two weeks ago, multiply, one of the multiply um, sermons. So I want to sort of add to that. How can we build that? You see the, the last bit that says, be faithful. And so the, the, the faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. So I actually want to get to the point where I can speak about the fruit of the Spirit. But I'm just going to lay a bit of a foundation until we get there. Okay, so about, what, 11 years ago, I was a student pastor at Shofar Tigerberg. And at that time, um, one of our leaders or some of the leadership, they spoke to me and they asked me if I wouldn't go, if Sonic and I wouldn't go to Marmersbury to go and pastor a church there. And we were just about to finish building, I think. We haven't moved into our house yet. And now they want us to move to Marmersbury. I was like, no way. Go jump. (laughs) It's just no way. I'm not going to do this. It's just crazy. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I was just very adamant, no. But I had this niggling thing in my spirit the whole time. It was like I I, I was uneasy. I didn't have peace. Didn't have peace. Didn't have peace. I didn't have peace. I couldn't figure out why didn't I have peace. And so, Sonic and I, we were praying for a few days, and I still had this niggling thing on the inside. I couldn't find peace. And you see, your peace is your guide. If you have peace, there's supernatural peace, you know, spirit peace. It's a very good possibility you are in the will of God. If you do not have peace, it could be that you're going off track. So I always listen to my peace. I live in a place of peace. That's why I spend time with the Lord in the mornings, especially to get that God connection, to find that peace. And then whenever I lose my peace, I stop and say, whoa, 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 what's wrong? And sort of my guide in life, you know. So I want to encourage you in terms of peace, to make sure you have peace, to be sure you're connected to God so that you know you're on the right path. So anyway, so... So we were praying for the few days, and at one point, I think we were just sitting in bed one night, and I was just like, a, like this guy, there's not the devil. I've rebuked the devil now, and I still, I still don't have peace. And I, I went through every possible thing, and in the end, I'm like, okay, God, what is it? I every now and again get to that point. God, what is it? And then the Lord spoke to me, and I know this is, this is, I know this is a little bit freaky, 
But I felt the Lord say to me, go to your leaders and say, give them a, give them a blank check, meaning whatever you want, wherever you want, whenever you want, I'll do it. Scary, I know. Scary. I was like freaked out, but I knew this was God. I knew this was God. So I will go to Malmesbury, or I'll go to the Congo, or I'll go wherever the, Lord, the leaders decide I must go. And so I did that. I went to our leadership and I said to them, blank check, whatever you want, wherever you want, I'll do it. And you see, I wasn't committing my life and my future into the hands of man. I was committing my life into the hands of God. I know it sounds contrary. I mean, in, in, our, in our society, in our world of living, you, you, you take control over your own life and you, you define where you go and what you're going to do. And how, Who the heck puts his life into the hands of another man? I mean, that's just crazy. But I wasn't putting my life into the hands of another man. I was putting my, my life into the hands of God according to what he was leading me. I said, God, I surrender my life to you and I trust you're going to lead my leaders. So in the end, they decided to uh, move me to head office, and I worked there for a few years. And then the opportunity came for us to come to East London. But now I'm thinking that if I didn't do that, if I didn't obey God in that moment, if I didn't go through that very challenging, sacrificial, like putting your Isaac on the altar moment, I would never have come to East London. I would have been somewhere else. I, w- I could possibly have missed the will of God. Okay, so I'm not saying now put your life into another man's hands or whatever. I'm not, that's not the, the, the focus of the morning. The focus is, are you following Jesus? If you don't want to waste your life, you need to follow Jesus. Imagine you're climbing a ladder with all your might, with all your strength, with all your energy, for all your life. You're climbing this ladder. You want to... You're going for the top of this ladder, and you're going, you're going, going. You reach the top. Are you successful? Your mission has been to climb this ladder. Success is at the top. You've climbed your whole life. You make it to the top. Are you successful? Well, only if the ladder is against the right wall. So what if you climb this ladder all your days, pursuing something, going, climbing, 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 climbing. You make the top, but it's against the wrong wall. It's like, ah, but it took you 30 years to get to the top. No, you need to get your ladder against the right wall. And where does it start? It starts with committing your life to Jesus. That's the beginning point. It starts with realizing I can't do this. I need I need Jesus. I need God. I need Him to restore me, heal me. I need Him to save me. I need Him to wash my sins away. So every person that does not have a a relationship with Jesus, the ladder is against the wrong wall. You can do everything in life. Achieve whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The only thing in the end that really matters, did you turn to Jesus or didn't you? That, in the end, is the only thing that matters in the bigger scheme of things. But now, for those of us who have committed, and I believe most of us obviously have committed our lives to Jesus, so it's against the right wall. But now there's also a journey. There's also a process of 
pursuing or following the Lord. And I want to say to you, God's ways are not man's ways. God's ways are not man's ways. Every now and again, we hit this key moment. I was thinking this way. And then like, okay, God, what is it? And then the Lord's like, ah, oh, I didn't see that. Didn't see that. Not at all. You're not serious, God. Are you serious? Every now and again, I'm like, one of like, <laughs> you're kidding me. His way of looking at, God's way of looking at life is vastly different than our perspective. So you can assume, well, if I'm seeing it in a certain way, well, God's probably seeing it differently. And then we have to ask yourself, okay, what God, what is that way? What does that look like? So in, in, in my case, you know, I wasn't surrendering my life to people. I was surrendering my life to God. But I had to pursue Him. And your peace is the key. And, you were, and I'm not talking about just normal peace, like the absence of, of fighting or the absence of problems. What about a supernatural peace that you just know, I'm in the will of God. I'm in the will of God. I'm in the will of God. I am in good space. I'm following the Lord. Okay, so there are two gates, Matthew 7, 13 to 40. So let's unpack this. How do we follow the Lord so that we can position ourselves in a place that we're not wasting our lives? How do you know the ways of God? How do you know which way the Lord is pointing? You know, because we're all going to be before for key decisions. End of the year, next year, you know, this, this time of life, people make a lot of decisions. Staying, moving, changing job. So there are these big decisions coming up. But I also want to bring it down to the small decisions. The little things. This holiday. You see, because temptations are going to come knocking at the door. What are you going to do? Movie. Pray. Bar. Church. What, what is it going to be? Decisions. Decisions. Forgiving my family member that's coming to visit and we don't have a great relationship with them. Or, man, I'm just going to tell them to go jump. I'm going to fight with them. I'm going to... Whatever, you know, we all have things coming up over the next month. Might be challenging things. Might be small things. But how do you know the will of God? How do you know which way to go? The barren way or the fertile way? So look at this, this verse, Matthew 7, 13 to 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Enter by the narrow gate. So there, there's two gates, narrow gate, broad gate. And obviously this primarily speaks of salvation in Jesus Christ. Narrow gate is Jesus is the only way to the Father. Jesus is the only one that died for our sins. Jesus is the one that paid the price so we can be saved. Okay, so the narrow gate. There are a whole bunch of other options. But only the narrow gate will go to life. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Say destruction. There's a thousand ways to destroy your life. A thousand ways. I'm sure you can think up something new. Something fresh. People are very ingenuous. Ingenious. Oh, okay. I'm missing my word there. But uh, <laughs> we're very creative in our ways of committing evil. Many ways to destroy our lives. But there is one way, the good way, God's way, that the Lord wants us to, to follow. There are many who go in by it. 
Because narrow is the gate and difficult, say difficult, is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So the narrow way, the narrow gate is difficult. It's confined. Okay, so let's, let me put this to you. I saw like a vision over this weekend. I saw like Jesus walking and, and then looking back and saying, hey, are you coming? Are you following? Will you go wherever I lead you? I believe the Lord is asking that to every one of us. Hey, will you, are, you, are you following? Are you coming? Okay, so now Jesus walks and, and you, 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 you begin to follow and you come to an intersection. There are two roads and you can't see Jesus. You're like, Jesus, which way did he go? Which way did he go? I don't know. Which way did he go? Jesus, where are you? Which way? How would you know? It's quite easy. Evaluate the two roads. Which one is the easy one? Jesus didn't go down there. Ah, oh, sorry, bad news. <laughs> bad news, I know. But he probably didn't go down the easy road. Gareth preached a brilliant message last week, and it was touching on the same thing. There's an easy road. The easy road is to hate back. The easy road is to cuss people out, write them off, send them to hell for what they've done to you. That's the easy road. Anybody can do that. The hard road is, I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to forgive from the heart. So you see, it's actually easy. Choose the difficult one. Choose the difficult one. So you're standing before two roads this week, this month. Two options. Especially over holiday times. You've got the easy road and you've got the challenging road. Which one? Are you going to go? Choose the hard road if you don't want to waste your life. I really want to encourage you. Don't let another December go by and just waste it by doing the easy things. Choose the, 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 the more difficult way. So look at this. Genesis uh, verses 10 to 13. This is a story of Abraham, Abram and Lot. They both had large families. Lot was, Abram was Lot's uncle. This is in the book of Genesis. And, and so they had a whole bunch of stock and too many and their, their servants were fighting. And so Abram decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Lot the option to choose which way he wants to go. Two lands. Two lands. So Lot was standing. He was looking to the east and he saw fertile lands and Sodom. Sodom and Gomorrah, that's not a good place for those who don't know. But he saw fertile lands, and the other side, it was, he didn't see, the, not, it wasn't fertile. And, and, and look at what he, what he said there. So Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area as well was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord of the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So he stood there and he took a long look with his physical eyes, with his physical senses, and the op- that it was easy. We're going for the green lands where there's a lot of water. It looks great. Yeah, there's some Sodom and Gomorrah stuff there, but I'm not going to go in. I'm just going to be on the side there. I know it's a bit of a compromising position, 
But you know, we're not like those people, you know, but, um, but we're going go, to go with that option. So verse 11, Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan. A- Abram went for the drier land. And Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom. Say near Sodom. Didn't go right in. It was just like parking outside the pub. Just like, just standing there, just like minding his own business. Someone calls me in, I might go in, but I'm just standing there. I'm just, I'm just, uh, don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm just standing. And settled among the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. And you, if you read the rest, Lot and his family were taken captive, literally taken captive by enemy kings. And Abram had to go and rescue them. So, so Lot chose according to the eyes of the flesh. He chose the, the, it looked the nice, it was the easy option. But it led to captivity. So, something to learn from it. It led to captivity. There's an easy option. I want to say to you, every moment of every day, there's a choice between an easy option and a more difficult option. Easy option, eat the chocolate. Difficult option, no, the apple. Easy option, go veg in front of the TV. Difficult option, go run. Yes. The gym instructor says, come on. Go to the gym. So we set, set before these decisions. The easy option or the difficult option. The easy option or the difficult option. And the, and, the, and, the, and the pleasure can come later. Yes, you can have that chocolate later. But maybe you must do first that apple first. So anyway, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll expand on that in a, in a next week especially. The easy way, the path that looked the most comfortable led to captivity. And as the Bible says, don't be fooled. Bad company corrupts good habits. Let me say that again. To the left-hand side. <laughs> Bad company corrupts. Say amen. Let me say it over here. Bad company corrupts. Amen. Okay, this is my pastoral daddy speech for the, for the holidays. <laughs> I'm not in the mood to counsel everybody after, after December about what you did wrong. Come on. Let me just listen to me now, and uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a wonderful holiday. But bad company corrupts. And we see this over and over again. Wrong boyfriend, wrong girlfriend. We see this wrong friends. Ask yourself, are they pulling me up or are they pulling me down? Bringing you closer to Jesus or pulling you away? Are you doing what, like Lot? Now I'm just in the vicinity. I'm not like inside Sodom. Just outside the pub. Conviction in Jesus' name. But there's this choice the whole time. The easy road or the difficult one. The challenging road is where Jesus is walking down. Walk past. Just focus today. Don't focus for the next six months. Just make today. If you're battling with alcohol... 
If you're battling with some stuff, if you've got addictions in your life, just stand for today. Make the right decision. Run the other direction in Jesus' name. So we all have two roads to choose from every day and every moment of every day. We have two options. Which one will we choose? The difficult path is the path to freedom. The difficult path is the path to freedom. The difficult path is the path of discipline. The difficult path is the path where you become stronger in God because you say, no, before I will um, watch my movie, I have a rule. I first read the Bible for an hour, for instance. That's a good one for those movie addicts amongst us. Just say, no, no, no I'm going to get my, to my movie, but first I'm going to say no. I'm going to read the Word of God. I'm going to go through a devotional. I'm going to spend some time with the Lord. I'm going to choose the more difficult road, but I know it's the road of freedom. Amen. I want you to hear my voice for the next 30, 40 days. Every time you stand there, stop. Think again. Wrong, wrong choice. Wrong choice. You see, we can, day by day, if every day we make the wrong decisions, in the end we've wasted our lives. But if we every day make the right decisions, well, this holiday, I can't eat I'm not just going to be like vegging and feel fat and terrible and all those horrible things, you know. I feel fat very quickly. It takes me a few Cokes and, uh, and too much starch. And like, I don't want to pray now. I feel horrible. But it's probably just me. Eh? You guys are like awesome. <laughs> but you need to have a game plan. You need to have a focus for this season. Or you can just go through things as usual. I don't know about you. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste one week. I don't say you can't have fun. Yes, you have fun. But just make the right decisions. Make the right decisions. Follow Jesus. Or you might have a barren land in the end. So how does this work? Galatians five sixteen to 17. I say then, walk in the Spirit. Let's say that together. Walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. There's a war between our old self. If you are a believer this morning, the old you is dead. But the old you wants to be resurrected. He's continuing saying, hey, try down this road. It's easy. <laughs> it's easy. And when you find yourself... You waste another day or another week. You find yourself enticed by worldly things. And you find yourself maybe in trouble. So there's a war, a war between the spirit and, and the flesh. The question is, who will you follow? Look at this, Galatians 5, 19 to 21, New Living Translation. It, it spells out the old sinful nature. It says, when you follow, say you follow. The desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So who are you following? You're following the desires of the old you, the one that's supposed to be dead, but that old you is coming to knock on the door and say, hey, follow me. While Jesus on the other hand saying, hey, are you following? Are you coming? Are you coming? Because you can't do both. You must decide. It says when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, 
Lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not, will not, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you're following something else, you're following someone else, following the the sinful desires of your heart, and it leads to trouble. will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's a sign that you're following the wrong way. You might even be lost in the process. It's been said that any good movie must have a whole bunch of this in it to make it really exciting. It will be the most boring movie on the planet if everybody was self-controlled and forgiving. Would you agree? Imagine the gladiator, old gladiator movie, and this crazy, there always would be a crazy emperor that wants to kill everybody. It makes it exciting, you know? But imagine our crazy emperor and then General Maximus. And he confronts him, the emperor. And then he would just say, Ah, oh, man, I'm really sorry. Eh? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything I've done and said. You know, um, could we, could we sort this out? You know, I want to really want to be your friend. So, yeah, okay, great. Let's, let's, let's go eat. Awesome. Boring movie. No, but it's awesome when the one is a complete lunatic and the other one is applying the fruit of the spirit. Like the, the emperor would be going off for how he killed his wife and all the things that was done against the general. And then the general would keep his cool. He'd be controlled. And he say, would say to the emperor, your time for honoring yourself is coming to an end soon. <laughs> self-control. That's a glorious movie. The one is a complete idiot and the other one is, is living with self-control and godliness and humility and meekness. Wonderful. That's a good movie. So, so let me quickly take you through this, uh, the, the, the sinful nature things. I, I quickly wrote the, the script for a short movie. Okay, here's a movie. I'm going to put in all the words in, that, in there somewhere. Okay, Ben. We have Ben. Ben is a married man with two beautiful children. He was a believer in Christ during his teenage years. But he begins to lose his way in the business world. He's now on a mission to make a whole lot of money. It's become his God, also known as idolatry. He would do anything to be successful to climb that corporate ladder. He has outbursts of anger when he doesn't get his way. And people are terrified of this, so they keep out of his way. Selfish ambition energizes him, driving him forward with a great level of discipline, causing him to step on everyone and everything in his way. He would even cause divisions in his company to get people on his side so he can climb the corporate ladder faster while the business atmosphere suffers because of him. He doesn't mind because it's all about him. Ben bad mouths his boss at every opportunity, causing dissension in the ranks and driving more people to look to him as the savior of the business. A whole lot of hostility develops between Ben and one of the other up-and-coming corporate ladder climbers, Dave. Dave is jealous of Ben and a ruthless schemer himself. They would try to outdo one another with living the life, fancy cars, large houses, and wild parties at every opportunity. Ben finds himself giving into lustful temptations, and so he visits a strip club for some lustful pleasure. Who would have thought, but Dave is also there. <laughs> they drink, they get drunk, 
begin to quarrel and have a huge fight after outburst of anger. Two witches were also in the mix and they cursed the place. <laughs> Sorcery. I had to fit it in somewhere. One huge bar brawl later, the place gets trashed and Ben impresses Susie by beating the heck out of Dave. Ben has been eyeing Susie for a while. She takes a liking to him and so Ben goes home with her and there's a wild adventurous affair with Susie, also known as adultery. The end. <laughs> end of the happy story? Okay, well, let's look at a possible ending. Real life, not Hollywood. Ben's marriage takes a dive. His kids hate him. He gets addicted to porn and sleeping around. He loses all his real friends and I only have other drunks as friends because the rest hate his guts. Ben is tormented with darkness on his soul for the following few years, looking for happiness in all the wrong places, and then he takes his own life after losing everything at the casino. The end. Okay, option number one, not a great ending. Eh? Option number two. Just as Ben was about to take his life, a friend invites him to church to show for his London. <laughs> Where he hears the good news about Jesus Christ and he surrenders his life to God. The Lord does a mighty work in him. He breaks free from all his addictions and bad attitudes, wins back his wife's heart, and they have an epic marriage and family while seeing many of his previous enemies turn to Jesus as well. The radical change in his life was undeniable to everyone who knew him. Ben lives a truly happy and fulfilled life, a life surrendered to Jesus. Amen. That's a good ending. I wish Hollywood would do that more often. But it sort of spells it out. There's this way, and if we're honest, it leads to trouble. And there's, there's another way, the way of following Jesus. It's the way of freedom. It's the more difficult way. It's the way of going, making right with people that are hurt and offended with you. It's about humbling yourself. It is about being self-controlled. It is more difficult, but in the end, it leads to life. So I know it doesn't sound so exciting when you say choose the difficult road. But it just looks like the difficult road, road for a season. And then it actually becomes the good road. It becomes the fertile land. Look at this verse. Psalm 16, 11, The better way. It says, you will show me the path of life. That says, God, you, Jesus, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Isn't that amazing? Where are pleasures, true pleasures, lasting pleasures forevermore? Lord, at your right hand. God, where you are leading, wherever Jesus leads, there's true joy, true peace, true, true, true happiness. True happiness. But it's the difficult road. It's the road where we say no to, the, to, to following the fleshly desires. No. Sonic and I have an amazing marriage. We honestly do. I come from a divorced family. My dad was unfaithful to my mom. It was carnage. It was chaos. It was a mess. Everybody got hurt. I got hurt. My, my sister got hurt. I, got, I started to sleepwalk at night. I was uh, grade five, six around there. And then I would not even know. I walk out the house into the streets. My sister was a mess. Everybody got hurt. 
because somebody wasn't willing to choose a difficult road. Yes, my mom was difficult. She was a feminist. She gave my dad grief around every corner. Yes, but the difficult road is where a husband says, my wife's treating me like dirt, but I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to love her. I'm going to serve her. I'm going to honor her. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let my heart turn back to her over and over again. No, I'm not going to listen to the lady at work or the people in the, uh, that, that, that flatter me with their, with their words, their enticing speech. No, I want... True pleasure, true joy, true happiness, then you need to choose the difficult road. Sonic, I did a married seminar this past weekend. It was phenomenal. A show for Somerset West. And it was amazing to see how the Lord intervened in families and in marriages. This is his heart. He doesn't want another broken marriage, another broken relationship. But the only way you'll have that is if you choose to follow Jesus. Where is he going? Difficult road. Difficult road, difficult road for a season, and then it becomes pure joy. Pure joy. You know, for us, we've been married for about 15 years, been investing for 15 years, following Jesus, investing, investing, investing. It is now pure joy. Sonica would say to you, this year has been the best year of her life. Best year of her life. But it took 14 years of both of us of following Jesus and being faithful and investing on the hard roads so we can come to a point where, yes, pure joy, pure joy. So maybe you, maybe, maybe you feel not in that space now. I just want to encourage you, choose to follow Jesus if you want, if you want. At his right hand, at his right hand, true pleasure. Galatians 5, 22 to 23, just ending off with this. But the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result, the, that which the Holy Spirit works in us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. If you want to walk in the Spirit, choose a difficult path. So I just want to touch on on two of these, just shortly. The race I'm going to do next week. A wasted life is a life that is lived in the flesh. A wasted life, a wasted day, a wasted two hours is when we live it according to the flesh. I'm angry, I'm upset, I am complaining, whatever, all those things. A life not wasted is a life walked in the spirit. Not just the big decisions, things, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, not waste today. So I want to highlight two things. Love and peace. Love and peace. And we saw this now with this marriage seminar. You know what happens when someone gets hurt, wounded in their hearts? In any relationship, the glasses, the spectacles become cracked. Your perspective becomes warped. So a husband would demonize his wife and a wife would demonize her husband. Because they legitimately got hurt, but it cracked the perspective, it cracked the glasses, it cracked the way of looking at one another, and suddenly he becomes the enemy, and she becomes the enemy. And they begin to fight against one another, and they don't realize um, your perspective is cracked. Your heart is wounded. 
you need love. You need the love of God. The fruit of the Spirit is to love in the midst of animosity. To love. Love heals our perspective. Love heals our perspective about one another. So I want to encourage you, anybody over the next month, family members, spouse, whoever, whenever, evaluate your heart and ask yourself, is my heart wounded? Is my heart wounded? Is, is my perspective cracked? Is my way of looking at this person wrong? Okay, so evaluate that. Another thing about love is where there is love, there can be no fear. When you have embraced fear in your life, you will probably choose the wrong road. So you're standing before the two roads, two options. You're seeing the difficult road. You're seeing the easy road. And fear will probably tell you, don't go down that difficult road. You can't do it. And then you'll choose the easy one. Bible says where perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. I felt this morning the Lord tell me there's a whole bunch of us battling with fear. Allowing fears to define us, to, to influence our decision making. And that's going to lead you off track. Okay, so that's one. Love casts out all fear. Even like I had to put my hands, put my life into the hands of Christ. Say, God, I'm going to tell my leaders blank check, whatever they want, whatever they want. I'll do it because I'm going to trust you. Okay, that's the one. Then the other one, peace. I said at the beginning of this message, ending off with this, that... Peace guards our hearts and our minds. Do you know what happens during this year, time of the year? We become restless. Say restless. There's something on the inside of us saying, there's a party happening somewhere. I so hope I'm not missing out. FOMO, fear of missing out. There's a restlessness on the inside that this is tis the season to be what? Joyful. Tis the season to be jolly. Tis the season to be restless. There's a whole millions of people across this nation who are going to be running around trying to fill the restlessness with fun, etc. I just want you to evaluate your heart. If you are restless, if you don't have peace, what's going to fill that tank? What is going to fill that tank. Not a trick question. What is going to fill that tank? You need to tell yourself that. You need to tell yourself this. What's going to fill my tank? What's going to bring peace to my heart this season? What's going to bring true peace and joy to my heart? It's by walking in the spirit, not walking in the flesh. Amen. It is by not looking to the world for fulfillment, but to look to Jesus to fulfillment. So there's a marketing machine coming for all of us right now. You need this, otherwise you're not going to be cool. You need this, otherwise you're not going to be happy. You need this, because you know, Coke gives you life. So drink another one, because it gives you life. And they're all lying, because they want your money. But there's this spirit. And then we have Black Friday, and everybody running around like crazy headless chickens. I want to save the 20 rand. I'm like just, I will not buy anything. I will not submit to that. So we need to evaluate what's happening this season. What is speaking to us? What is drawing us? What could get us in a compromising position? 
to make a decision that will cost us maybe for the rest of our lives. Yes, you went to the bar. Yes, you had too much to drink. Yes, you weren't completely focused. And yes, then you slept with that girl. And then yes, you got everything else that came with it, hell. So you need to stop the boat before you get to that point. Do you know how often I have to speak to people who were Christians, who came to church, then they're no longer coming to church, then they come back to church after they have another one pregnant, or have AIDS, or have this. It's so real. And maybe you're not going to sleep with someone else, but maybe you're going to do something that you might regret. You had an extra beer around the Christmas day or whatever. You had a fight with a family member, destroyed the holiday. You don't speak to one another for months. Just an example. What, what will be the flesh in your environment, in your scenario? Choose the difficult road. Choose to walk humbly with your God. Amen. So if we, you and I, this holiday, we have, and probably most of us don't have a holiday yet, but we're all hoping, we're all looking forward to that moment, that time, that week, that two days, the three weeks, I don't know. I want to ask you, don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't come to the end of your holiday saying, I regret being so selfish that my wife and I fought the whole blooming time because I didn't help in the house and she was carrying everything with the kids. I regret being so selfish. I regret focusing just on what I wanted instead of just focusing on walking in the Spirit, loving my wife, being full of peace, knowing nothing else is going to fill me, only Jesus and being walking in the Spirit. Amen. Come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest my December wisely. My Sonic and I, we always do like a game plan. Holiday, game plan. We're going to exercise. We're going to eat right. Limited movies, limited all these other things, so we can have space for Jesus. So the challenge for you is to do the same. Do you have a plan? And yeah, you don't have to do this, really. Waste your life. It's okay. <laughs> that was a soft, just poked you there, poked you there. <laughs> We're going to have a good December. It's going to be awesome. Hallelujah.